Hello and welcome to the Renovation Church Podcast, where our vision is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and change the world. My name is Mason Smith, and I'm the creative director here at Renovation Church. We are so thankful that you're joining this podcast today. We hope that today's message inspires you and draws you closer in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, enjoy the message. Hey, help me give it up to those kids one more time. Wasn't that amazing? Man, they did such such a good job. I don't think it happened quite like that. But man, it was, it was, that's a loose paraphrase, but it was so much fun to be able to do that and, and get to celebrate Christmas with, with those kids as well. Hey, if you were here today at the beginning of the service, you might have seen a video that Pastor Steve and I did talking about some of our favorite Christmas traditions. And out of really all the holidays, Christmas is just, I mean, it's my favorite. I love this time of year. I love, I love Christmas Eve really as much as Christmas Day as well. Because on Christmas Eve, there's just something about it that it's just so peaceful being able to, to go home. And, and then, of course, you know, it's going to start getting dark at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and get to sit with your family and just enjoy the light of the tree. And then uh, we've got some, own, our, some of our own family traditions that we do. Every Christmas Eve, we'll sit down in our, in our front room by the tree and we'll make homemade hot chocolate that we get to enjoy. And then uh, I, read, I read two stories to my kids every year. One is Twas the Night Before Christmas, which uh, growing up, that's the one that my dad read to us um, every Christmas Eve, he would read us that story. Um, but another one that I like to read with my family is the Christmas story from Luke chapter two. And getting down to really just before we get to anything else, before we get to food and family and presents and fun and travel, we just like to start it really the right way by just talking about the reason we even have a reason to celebrate in the first place. And it's because Jesus has come. I love Christmas Eve, I love Christmas morning, seeing the joy on my kids' faces. I love everything about it. And in, in my home, in, in this time of year, there's always two things that are always lit. Uh, the first is my fireplace. I've always got a fire going pretty much every day. And in fact, today, it's a nice 60-degree, balmy Christmas Eve. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna crank my air down to about 62, and I'm gonna light a fire anyway, just because I can. Because I love the warmth of the fire, I love the crackle, of the wood, I I think I get seasonally depressed. And so the fire just kind of makes me happy and lifts my spirits up a little bit. But the second thing that's always lit up is our Christmas tree. From the moment we we put it up and and plug it in, it it never goes off until the end of the season when we finally take it all down. There's two kinds of Christmas trees that that you can have. The first one, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, by the way, but the first is like the Magnolia Christmas tree. That's where it's got the white lights and it's got the ribbon and it's got the matching ornaments and all the presents are wrapped in the same kind of kind of paper and it's very picturesque and you walk in, it's a fashion statement and it's really beautiful to get your picture taken by as a family. The second kind of tree, which is the one that we have since we've got kids, is we have more of a fun tree that's got colorful lights and we've got ornaments that really just kind of represent memories of, of through the years growing up. And so as we, as we put our tree up and we put the ornaments up, we'll spend a couple hours and we'll just be talking and 
laughing and sharing stories with our kids about, about why do you have this ornament? What does this mean? In fact, I, I took some photos of some. Uh, this, this is a bedazzled hermit crab. And the, the reason we got this is a couple years ago, we went on vacation to Gulf Shores and the whole drive down there, all, all 15 hours, I was like, we're not getting a hermit crab. Don't ask me for hermit crab. I'm telling you right now, we will not be returning home with hermit crabs. Guess what we came home with? Hermit crabs, right, right. And guess what happened a week later? They died, they died, of course, and they started smelling. And so to commemorate their deaths, we bought our kids a hermit crab ornament that now hangs on our tree for all of time. The second thing, and this goes back to my childhood, this is a shrimp and broccoli. So when I was a kid, when I was like eight or nine, my parents took me to Red Lobster and said, get whatever you want. And so in true kid fashion, I wanted popcorn shrimp and raw broccoli. Not even cooked broccoli, not french fries, nothing like that. Give me raw broccoli. And of course, I did not eat it. I think my parents are still bitter about it. So a few years ago, they gave me this as a reminder, you didn't eat that meal that we paid for. Next one is, uh, this is a jellyfish. Again, going back to Gulf Shores, first time we went down there, my oldest daughter, Naomi, she got stung by a jellyfish three times, and we heard about it for about three weeks. And so her mom found her this jellyfish that now hangs on the tree to remind us of that wonderful time in the ocean. Naomi, when you got stung by a jellyfish. The next one we have here, uh, <laughs> if you're a parent, you've got something that looks like this, I promise you. Your kid comes back from school and you got this thing, and this is a toilet paper roll painted brown of all colors and decorated like Rudolph, and they give it to you, and you try to kind of hide it or maybe throw it away, but they always find it, and, and they want to put it up every year. So this one, we really just kind of buried deep inside the tree around back so that it's technically up there. We just don't actually have to, have to see it. And then the final, uh, no, not the final one. Uh, maybe you have one like this, baby's first Christmas. Um, our oldest was born back in 2010. So we got this as a gift just to really remember and celebrate the birth of our daughter. And then the final one here is um, kind of a, a, a world ornament, a globe that we have up there. And it's because missions is very important to our entire family. And really it's, it's, it's up there to remind us that this message of Christmas this, this gospel news, it's not just for us here, but it's, it's a message for people all over the entire world. And that's really, that's, that's what Christmas is. It's, it's simply a reminder of, of who Jesus is, why he came, as we celebrate his birth. Now the beauty of the fire and the tree, it, it shines best the darker it gets. You don't, you don't really notice the lights in your tree much when it's daylight out and when all the lights in the house are on, but all of a sudden as, as the lights turn off and night comes, that tree that first blended in kind of to everything, now it really stands out. And that's, that's what happens. You don't notice it during the day, but the night brings out the light. And this Christmas, I want you to know that even though we live in a world that I think we can all agree is getting just more increasingly darker and darker the longer we go, um, the darker the world gets, the more brightly the light of Jesus, the light of the world shines. The darkness just reveals the beauty of the light even more. It reveals to all of us the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And that's really what John chapter one says. John, one of Jesus's disciples, he's writing about when Jesus came. And he, so he wrote, starting out his letter in the gospel of John chapter one, he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, full of truth. Can I get an amen to that? He came full of grace. He's full of truth. And the light of the world wants to light up your world this Christmas in a way that's not just going to change your Christmas morning. But really, this message of Christmas can change absolutely everything for you. The last few weeks, we've been in a series at Renovation called What If? And today, we're wrapping up that series with the title, What If There's More to Christmas? And the answer to that question might be one that redirects your entire life. Last week, we talked about the shepherds and how they were really uh, an undeserving and unlikely group of people to even be a part of the Christmas story in the first place. 2,000 years later, and we're talking about the people that society and the world had rejected. They had a significant part to play. But today, I want to take just a few moments and talk about the Magi, the wise men from the East. They were, they, were, they were Persians who were priestly astrologists that were obsessed with reading the stars and constellations and how all these superstitions. They'd come out of the region of Babylon, and Babylon is where Israelites were exiled to in the Old Testament. And so these men would have been very familiar with Old Testament prophecies about a coming Messiah, a coming king. And so that's what they were looking for. They were trying to follow that prophecy. And, and really, they weren't seeking God. But God was seeking them, and God made himself known to them in such a way that he gave them a star, a light in the sky to follow. There's a lot of theories on what that could have been. There's theories that it could have been a supernova. There's theories that it could have been just an aligning of planets. But I, I personally think, we, we don't know the answer for sure. I think it was more of a, a supernatural event, much like what happened in the Old Testament as God would lead the Israelites through a pillar of, of cloud and fire to their destination and, and where they were going. But whatever the case may be, God gave them a star. He gave them a light to follow. And in Matthew chapter two, we read about this. It says, the star which they'd seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold and frankincense and myrrh. That star led them out of the darkness of their world their culture, their beliefs, their idols, and it led them to the Messiah, the Lord, the Prince of Peace that they knew was going to come. When they got there, three significant things happened. The first was that they demonstrated humility by bowing down to Jesus. In this time, you didn't just bow down to anybody, but they recognized who this was, they knew what the prophecy said. So they found someone worthy of bowing down to. But the second thing was they accepted Jesus' lordship by worshiping him. When you think about these men, this group of people, the only thing they had ever worshiped was the world and the things of it. And yet they saw this child 
They knew who he was. They bowed down and they knew that he was worthy of their worship. And then the third thing is they laid down their treasures for God's glory. They laid it all down before him. They gave him gifts of gold, which represented the fact that they knew that this was a king. They gave him a gift of frankincense, and frankincense was, it, it was a type of incense that would be in the temple, and when they would worship, they would light this incense as a, as a pleasant aroma to God. And so as they gave him this incense, it's signifying that this isn't just a king. This is a king who's worthy of our worship. But then the final gift they gave him was something called myrrh. And myrrh was, uh, it was a burial spice. When someone would die, they would bring them down, put them in the tomb, and they would put this spice all over their body to uh, just kind of help with the smell. And, and now, we always say, like, take the Bible literally, do what the Bible says. Don't go to a baby shower and give myrrh. And this is really symbolic at this time, because they knew this is a king who's worthy of their worship, and that one day this king was going to lay down his life for his people to which he most certainly did. They found a king who was worth laying down their lives for. They bowed down to him. They worshiped him. And they sacrificed for him. And, and they encountered him in such a way that it changed their lives forever. They left different than they arrived. These priestly astrologists. It says, it says in Matthew 2, 12, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. God redirected them so that they could take that message of what they had just experienced and encountered back with them to where they were from. An encounter with Jesus led them in a new direction in their lives. And that's what the light of the world Jesus does. He changes you. He redirects you, and he gives you a new hope and a new future. In just a few minutes, we're gonna be lighting our candles, representing that the light of the world has come. Now again, we light this candle, and really doesn't stand out a lot, especially since the lights are on, just like the the light from your fire at home or your Christmas tree. But in just a little bit here, we're gonna have a time where we're gonna light all of our candles. And you watch what happens as this one little light, as the lights in here dim, and as this light begins to spread to 400 candles in this place, and you're gonna see that that's just what Jesus does. He doesn't just wanna light up this room. He wants to light up the world. And he wants you to do it because the light came and now we get to be light bearers and we have received this gift of Jesus, the light of the world. And what's amazing is that we get to take that gift, that light of the world, and we get to freely give it to everybody that we know and that we encounter. And so maybe for you for Christmas, as you gather together today or tomorrow or this week with your families, maybe it's not just about all, all the stuff and all the food and all the presents and all the gifts. Maybe this Christmas, God's calling you to be a light bearer. He's calling you to take this light and share it with everyone around you. Would you please stand this morning as we have a time that we call invitation. We have, we have this time every Sunday 
where we wanna invite you to just respond to the message of the gospel, to the word of God. And some of you, you're here for the very first time, and I'm so glad you're here. But some of you, maybe for the very first time, you're really hearing this message of the gospel, the good news of who Jesus is and why he came. God led the wise men to the place where they encountered Jesus and their lives were changed forever going forward. Perhaps today is the day that God led you to this place to hear this good news of great joy that's meant to be for all people, including you. And, and maybe your view of God has been a little bit skewed. Maybe you think, well, I've been so bad, there's no way that God could love me. I've messed up so many times, there's no way that God could care for me. But God does love you. And the evidence that he loves you is the fact that he came from heaven to earth in a manger, but he didn't stop in a manger. He became your savior on the cross. And that's proof, that's evidence that he does love you and that he cares for you and that he wants a relationship with you because he was willing to die for you. That's the message of Christmas. It's not just about a baby in a manger, it's about a savior on a cross. And today I wanna invite you to receive the greatest gift that you could ever receive in your entire life. Maybe today is the day that you receive salvation, that you place your faith in Jesus, you find freedom, and forgiveness of your sins. Maybe today is the day that you can be made new. Our prayer team is up front. We're gonna sing a final song of invitation, and then we're gonna light our candles. But if you're ready to receive Jesus, come. Thank you for listening to the Renovation Church Podcast. If you'd like to support Renovation and our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com slash give. It's because of your faithful and consistent generosity that we're able to continue ministries like this all across the world. If you'd like to learn more about renovation and our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com. If you enjoyed today's message, then we'd encourage you to share it with family and friends. Thank you again for joining us and God bless.